receive mercy, we might receive grace, we might receive understanding, knowledge, everything that we need in your presence, we can receive. So we thank you, Lord, that we have put out holy expectation today. We expect good things only, and we thank you, Lord, for supplying every good need in Jesus' name. Amen and praise God. Amen, amen, and amen again. So this is a day of victory. Amen. Every day that God gives us is a day of victory. Amen. This is the day that the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. Amen. So be glad in this day. Don't put off your gladness for another day. The devil likes people like that, circumstantial Christians, because he'll make sure you never get anything. Amen. If you can rejoice in it and about it before it comes into your possession, you can have it and have it to stay and have it for sure. It's always good to rejoice in the Lord and don't be a circumstantial person. The devil will make stuff disappear on you and put it where you can't find it. And if, if he sees you going to get upset about something, man, he can jerk you around. My goodness. Amen. And don't take the feeling sorry for yourself. Amen. Put put that demon. He said, get thee behind me, Satan. Amen. He can make up anything to put you in a blue mood. Amen. If you listen to him. But we don't listen to him. We listen to our father. He's always got good news for us. He's always got something fresh and new. Amen. He's always got something good on tap. Amen. Things that we have not, eye has not seen nor ear heard. Amen. So always look for something that's like you say, where did this come from? This is unbelievable. I'm enjoying this so so much and I never thought I'd enjoy this kind of stuff. Amen. And you will. God has all kinds of surprises for us and good things for us. Amen. He knows what we like and he knows what we don't like. And he knows what he's training us to like. Amen. There are some things coming to you you don't even like yet. See? Because he changes your likes, your dislikes, your want-tos, your don't-want-tos. Amen. He does. He knows how to to mold us and shape us. You know, he is the great, uh, you know, he's the the great um, architect, craftsman, potter, whatever whatever you want to call it. He can shape you into any shape to enjoy life. Amen. And and to look forward to good things. He's always got good things for us. So always remember that. Amen. Praise God. He's a good God. Amen. So we're going to talk about uh, schooling yourself into healing. Amen. Schooling yourself into healing. And, and schooling yourself into any of the other benefits of God's covenant. Anything you need, you can school yourself into it. Amen. The key is meditation. Amen. That is the key. What do you spend your time thinking about? Where do your thoughts come from? Amen. If if you spend your time thinking the word of God and thinking on things of God, you will prosper greatly. Amen. So you can school yourself into any 
benefit that God has into any situation that God has for you into any um, um, thing you desire, anything you ask for. Uh, it, it's a matter of allowing yourself to take on the confidence of God in that area. So I would say to school yourself into uh, a situation or into a change in life really involves getting into God's word and taking on the confidence of God in that area. See, if you if you school yourself into health and healing, you really are taking on the confidence of God in, in that area of faith. You actually feel and think like God feels and thinks about health and healing. Whereas there's no doubt in your mind that it's for you. There's no doubt in your mind that you have it. There's no doubt in your mind that you qualify for it. All those doubts have been removed by schooling. Amen? It's removed by schooling. When I was first enrolled in nursing school, I wasn't sure I was going to like all that stuff. You understand what I'm saying? There were things about it you think about and you say, mm, that doesn't sound too appealing and that doesn't sound too this. But I was able to put all those doubts aside by doing what? Getting involved in it. Amen. Meditating on it and then putting it into practice. One of the things that we have to learn how to do as believers is put the word into operation and then encourage ourselves when we do it. So many times we put the word in operation, we're still doubtful. You, you know what I'm saying? You know, it's like, say for instance, if you're a, um, uh, a, a new mother and they bring that baby to you, you've never had a baby before, changed a baby, any of that, you might, might be a little scared. It's like, you know, well, what am I going to do? The diaper needs changing. Let me change it. And you back in the day, I know y'all, y'all are not familiar with this. Everything is Velcro now, but there were safety pins back in the day. Amen. And you were scared you punctured a baby with a pain. If the baby moved, gah, 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 you got scared. Oh, don't move, baby. I'm going to stick you. You know, and then you wind up sticking the baby and the baby's still all right. Hey, <laughs> I like this God. Amen. But imagine having seven children and still being nervous about changing the diaper. Now, something ain't right there somewhere. You missed a few classes or you missed a few diaper changes. But it's like that by schooling yourself into healing. Once you get familiar with healing scriptures, it's like second nature to you. You can get to the point in anything in the word where doubt totally goes away. And you have total confidence about those things. Don't ever let doubt hang around while you're, while you're, while you're seeking confidence in God. See, faith is really seeking confidence. It's really seeking confidence that God will, already has, will do it again, whatever it is you're seeking God for. Developing your faith and schooling yourself into your healing or schooling yourself into your prosperity, whatever it is, it's removing all doubt that that thing belongs to you. And so as you go through, that's why many times the the Holy Spirit will lead us to do some things to put our faith in motion. And we're looking for that thing. You know, mostly, I'll tell you, I, I, uh, sometimes 
instead of being confident in what we do, we're kind of like in hold your breath mode. Say the Holy Spirit tells you, he says, well, you know, if you want a new car, go looking for one. And you go and barely stick, you just drive past a place real quick and everything's a blur. I didn't see nothing, God. Well, you ain't really looked for nothing. People who look go in expecting. Amen. Day one. Well, my credit, he didn't tell you nothing about to go look for credit. He didn't tell you to go look for problems and he'd tell you to repeat any imaginary problems. If he told you to go look for something, it's there. Let's say it again. If he tells you go look for something, it's there. He ain't playing with us. He's not teasing us. This is not some exercise to see if you're going to do it or not. I'll say it again. You know, people, they, we believe some crazy stuff about God sometimes. You know, I would hear people say, uh, well, well, God told me to go so-and-so and such-and-such, and I went there, and I didn't see anything, and it, and, and somebody said, well, maybe he just wanted to see if you was going to go. Come on now. Do you do your kids like that? Everything you do is what? Purposeful. If you're looking for a blessing, God will send you to a blessing. He ain't going to send you around the corner to see if you're going to get up and go. You know, it wasn't God. Just say it wasn't God and just say, well, God, help me to learn your voice. Help me to hear better next time. Help me to get this right. Because I want every time I go somewhere, I want it to bear fruit for you. And I want it to be an answer to a prayer I've got out there. Amen. I only got so many years down here, Lord, and they're dwindling away fast while I'm running around here trying to figure out if you're with me or not. Amen. And so we, we have to look at things like that. God would not waste your time with, with silly things and foolish things. He's there to help us. If he says he's going to bless you, he really is going to bless you. Amen. And so with, with that, we need to understand that we are, um, when we go into the word, we meditate on scriptures, we find promises that we want to see come to pass in our lives. That's part of your schooling. Amen. That's part of how you school yourself into the promises. So schooling really is what I would, how I would define it as a system of learning. Amen. That involves a body of knowledge that we're attempting to learn. Also, it involves teachers. It involves tutors and partners who are all dedicated to a body of knowledge. So when you look for healing and healing, understanding on healing, you've got to seek out who are your teachers, your tutors, and your partners who understand that body of knowledge. You don't go to people that talk about money all the time to find out how to get healed. Even though they both go together in the word, we don't find a whole lot of people that have a a firm grasp on both. Amen. Come on now. You you might find some who understand this better, some that better. But sometimes when when they get involved 
in one area. It's all one person can do to perfect their knowledge in that one area. You know, they may not have it all, but you can find somebody who when you need to understand how to get your finances flowing in properly, you can find somebody who understands that. So you go to that school and get schooled in that area. When you need to understand health and healing, you go to healing school and get schooled in that area. So that when you, and don't ever uh, come out of schooling amen always be willing to re-enroll yourself into schooling amen i i like healing because i was healed by god you know i didn't know i had a testimony about healing as a new believer but then i would hear all these people sharing their testimonies and they say well is anybody want to share testimony and god would have me just shoot my hand up and people would look and say oh my goodness i didn't know you you was in bad shape girl you know i mean people say well you couldn't tell that from looking at you that you had that severe of an emotional breakdown but i did you know and that person doesn't live anymore amen i'm a new creature in christ and god raised me up into everlasting life and health and wholeness and so i have to continue to school myself in order to stay in that flow and stay healthy and stay whole but also part of that schooling is opened up ministry because all believers are called to lay hands on the sick and the sick recover amen you can't fall in love with with one part of the Bible and neglect another one. You gotta you gotta understand all this stuff. It's it's a command of God that we perfect our knowledge in these things. So that's why your schooling never ends. So your schooling then becomes a system of learning. Amen. And you have to seek God for who those tutors, teachers, mentors, and partners will be. Amen. So there are some, most of my uh, mentors are passed on. (laughs) You understand what I'm saying? There are not many people out here who are willing to study either warfare or healing. Amen. And so you've got to glean, you've got to know church history. You've got to know the people who have the goods who have passed on and see if they left any evidence of what they did they left any writings did they leave teachings did they leave books what did they leave for us to be able to learn from and your bible amen your bible is first but you got to know people who have had practical results in what it is that god wants you to perfect so we all as believers should be enrolled in healing school amen we all should and we should be open to further learning don't ever think, oh, I've been saved all these years. I know this. You don't know nothing. Huh? Because that unction, you know by unction. Know what unction is? It's somebody else and not you. <laughs> the Bible says we have an unction by which we know all things. He didn't say we know it all ourselves. Your little brain couldn't handle everything God has. You, we pass out in the corner just when we get a, a un, unscheduled check in the mail. Oh, Lord, 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 Lord. And then the next thing we do is get, well, I knew God told me he was going to do so and so and so. When you get around your friends trying to sound spiritual, you sound crazy. Huh? Your friends know better. They say, by the way, you've been talking to me. You didn't know nothing. Huh? 
This was a total shock, surprise, and shock and awe. Amen. And God does that to keep keep the glory in his corner so you don't start glorying in nothing that you know. Amen. So whenever I get a blessing, I say, ooh, God, thank you so much. I don't try to lay claim to it. I don't try to say I knew it was coming or nothing like that. Just thank you for thinking about me. Thank you for dropping it on me today. Thank you for whatever, whatever. Amen. You know, people say, well, you know, I'm expecting. Yeah, and on the very day you get depressed and worn down and ain't expecting no more, it pops up in your mailbox. A little misexpecting. We always try to lay claim on stuff. You don't know how it happens. The Bible says that. Amen. The seed grows. We don't know how. So we just believe in, in seed and, and it coming up and keep sowing seeds. Amen. You stop sowing and try to figure out you're a dead person. Amen. Cause it'll stop right away. You can't watch God to make sure he's doing what he says he's going to do. You just continue to thank him for it. That's your part. Amen. Your part is not to look to, uh, try to direct things for him. Huh? That's like getting in the middle of the freeway and trying to direct traffic. You get rolled over so quick. Huh? Gotta blow your little cotton picking mind open. Huh? You think you keeping up with stuff. That's why he put Amos 9.13 so fast your head will spin. In other words, get out the way and let me do this and just stay in receiving mode. Amen. Stay in receiving mode. And so I think that's a good way to to govern ourselves. If we stay in receiving, we stay in expecting, we stay in in um in the the place of humility before God, thanksgiving, and expectation. And and let it be a spiritual expectation. You know, don't let your flesh get involved. You know how you know your flesh is involved, right? How? <laughs> I gotcha. I'm going to tell you anyway. Yeah, you get discouraged when it don't come in fast enough. That's your flesh expecting. See, your flesh is the first one to tell you God ain't going to do it. So don't even let your flesh get involved. Amen. God, I thought you said, I thought you said, I thought you said, uh, slap yourself and go sit down somewhere. Get in your word again. Because if he said it, he's going to do it. That's all our part is in continuing to believe. Amen. In spite of what we see. In spite of what drops in our, our mailbox. In spite of what bad news comes. Just expect it to come. Just keep expecting. Amen. Spiritually expecting. Amen. Not in weak flesh because flesh gives up too quickly. Amen. And then there's self-pity sitting around there waiting to console you. Well, see, it didn't happen and I told you it wasn't going to happen. Now just come and sit down here and talk to me about it. Huh? Right. You the devil that almost killed me the last time. Disappointment, worry, discouragement. And then tried to tell me it was normal. Huh? 
And people like Pastor Barb always trying to tell you to believe God. She don't know, she don't know what's going on. <laughs> she don't understand nobody. Huh? The devil lie on everybody. He especially lies on people God's assigned to help you. Amen. Don't believe me. Look at all the empty chairs around. <laughs> That represents discouragement, anger, lack of confidence in God, got your mind off of what was important, and start looking at the nonsense stuff, <laughs> and let the devil convince you you wasn't going to ever get anything. No? Yeah, absolutely. You can tell by people's conversations, they start complaining about prophecies that they received. It didn't come yet, see? And they want to say the prophet is lying. Huh? That'll get you in trouble with God quicker than anything. You know, you might as well just admit you don't believe as to, you know, accuse one of his servants of not telling the truth to you. I have no motive to lie to you. Amen. Lies don't lie in my pocket. I don't work for the father of lies. None of that. I don't have nothing to do with lies. I try to stay out of that corner as much as possible. Amen. And and so you just have to understand that there's work for you to do. The problem, if there's a problem, it's never God. See, that's part of our schooling is to accept that if there's something that we think is wrong, the problem is not with God. It's with us. And I'll tell you another thing. Whatever the problem is with us, it's easily solvable. It's not hard to remedy it. Now, God wouldn't ask you to do nothing hard. We don't do half the easy stuff. He <laughs> that's, that's like my dog. She knows where I keep her treats. So she gets up and just mosey's on over there and sits in front of the shelf it's like she's she like i'm making it easy for you okay but you getting something off the shelf for me that she sits there just patiently and looking around you know and you know sometimes she'll look around sometimes she'll just stretch out and relax there but she ain't moving from the source huh <laughs> And that's all God asks us to do is just stay before the source. Stay in my presence. The devil ain't giving you nothing. He never gave you nothing. He ain't intended to give you nothing but a hard time. So just sit yourself right in front of the source and expect the source to deliver. Huh? Now, every now and then, if it looks like I get busy and I wander off, I'll hear that bark. You understand what I'm saying? And then I got to pay attention then because I don't know if that bark means my bladder is full and I can't hold it no more or something. You understand what I'm saying? Because I go answer that bark, show enough in a hurry. Ah. Huh? So we know how to get God's attention. Hmm? You get desperate enough, you'll cry out. And see, when we're, when we're trying to be 100% right ourselves, we think we, you know, we just, oh, hallelujah. 
Oh, I believe I receive. Oh, yes. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And then we see that ain't working. Ain't nothing showed up. Oh, oh Lord, have mercy. Please help me, Jesus. I put all my little works away, Lord. I know I can't fool you. I ain't fooling nobody with this little fake faith of mine. I ain't been in the Word in three months. I'm out here confessing. Confessing like I really believe something. Lord, please forgive me. Yeah. That's right. Let's get real. Huh? Just gotta be for real sometimes. Amen. <laughs> so when you school yourself into faith, you stop all the shenanigans. Amen. You stop the pretense. You get sincere with God. You get serious about what he's doing. You get to understand that he is a good God. Amen. And that he's going to do what he says he's going to. He's going to do it. You're not doing anything. Amen. Just just let him do it. And trust him to do it. The Bible says Abraham was fully persuaded that what God had promised, God was able to perform. When you put down self-performance and you're willing to let God perform, you'll be, you're right in the right neighborhood for receiving. See, if we think our, our much praying and our much Bible reading and, you know, you sit up there and look at your Bible for about three hours and then jump in it real fast and do ten minutes and check yourself off from the day. That's just wrong. We are, hey, I do it. That's, that's how I know people do it. I've done it. You know, check yourself off for the day. Got my Bible reading in. What you read? Uh, I think I was in the Psalms. Right. Get back in there. Maybe you'll get something this time, huh? <laughs> See, once we realize we're not, schooling is not just going, doing it to get checked off for the day. That's, that's the world system. In God's system, it, when we get schooled, it'll translate into something, a blessing for us, something we can really use, something we really, really want. So when people got schooled, when they school themselves into healing, they, they, do it until God approves. That's in 2 Timothy 2.15. And we're familiar. The scripture says study. Not just read real quick and check yourself off for the day. But study to show yourself approved unto God. A workman that needeth not to be ashamed. Rightly dividing the word of truth. So you may have to meditate on the scripture for a season before God will show you what it really means. Amen. You know, you just can't just grab up, memorize something and think you got it. Meditation really um, involves your decision to hold on to something. You know, what you desire, you spend time thinking about it. Amen. So meditation when you meditate on something, that means you have decided to hold on to that word or thought 
So we are holding on to words of faith instead of words and thoughts of doubt. So when you hold on to God's word, even if it sounds fantastic to your ears, like, well, maybe God meant some of that, but not all of it. You understand what I'm saying? It, 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 you make the decision say, uh-uh, I'm not casting this out. I want to see this come to pass. I don't care how impossible it sounds to my carnal brain. But I'm going to focus on this. I'm going to meditate on it. I'm going to stay with it until I'm sure that I have an assurance about it and it belongs to me. And that's what we do when we meditate. We often find agreement, peace, joy, and relief when we hold on to certain thoughts. And and that's how we know our spirit man is picking it up. There's some fruit of the spirit that comes as a result of meditating on that word. See, like, you know, when you, when you, you, you start getting concerned about symptoms, you know, maybe you've just been walking around doing your normal routine and you've gotten focused on how you feel. And then you'll start thinking, well, what is this I'm feeling or why am I feeling? You know how we do. We want to diagnose ourselves. Ain't been to nobody's medical school. Scared of doctors, scared of everything, but we gonna diagnose ourselves like we got such great understanding. Amen. Everything is the most, you ever notice your carnal mind? Everything is drastic. Like if you got a pain, it's a heart attack. It ain't, we ain't got gas no more. You understand what I'm saying? Everything's a heart attack. Everything's a stroke. You go by the mirror too often and look at yourself. You say, now why is that look? Wait a minute. That eye wasn't looking like that yesterday. What is it? Just get out the mirror. Go, go get in this mirror. Get in your word. Give yourself a break. But you know, if we've been, uh, chopping around in our carnal mind too long, and then we'll find by his stripes we're here, we say, <gasps> You get peace, you get relief, you get, you're supposed to live in that every day. You're not supposed to go shopping off in carnality and then come back to that. One of them's true and one of them ain't. And it's up to you to decide what's true and what you want to hold on to. So, so when we cling to the word of God, it's not because it sounds so good to us, because it's true. That's where the facts and the reality are. What you experience by feeling and by looking and by all of that stuff is not reality. It's temporary. Amen. And you can make it more temporary by feasting on the word. Meditate on the word. Keep thinking to yourself, I am healed by his stripes. I'm healed right now. I'm healed. I don't care what it looks like. I'm healed anyhow. I'm healed in spite of. Amen. I'm healed anyway. I'm healed because he says so. I'm healed because he paid for it. I'm healed. Amen. And this is how you school yourself into healing. You teach your spirit man how to hold on and not let your flesh get involved. Because see, your flesh wants to negate the whole thing. Wants to tell you God's a liar. Wants to tell you that stuff is for everybody but you. You can't have that. 
because you're not so and so and such and such. Amen. And so you have to really make up your mind to hold on to, I don't care if it's, if, if you're down to it's a slim possibility. You got me? You hold on anyway. Amen. Slim ain't left town yet. You hold on to slim. Amen. Because slim will get you through when nothing else is there for you. Amen. I don't care how much, how remote a chance there is for success. Amen. It's a possibility. Amen. Because God's involved. Because it's God's word. Because God says it's true. Amen. And it is true. Amen. So Jesus, when, when we heal our school ourselves into healing, we are showing our faith to the Lord. Amen. He looks for faith. He doesn't look for sin. He looks for faith. Amen. Because he has a remedy for sin. Why would he look for that? He's looking for faith. Amen. So when we show him our faith, sin is almost automatically dealt with. Because faith is a righteous commodity. Amen. All we need to do is confess our sin and he's faithful and just to forgive us. Amen. And cleanse us so that we're not so conscious of our faults anymore or feeling like he's not going to do something for us. He's already done it. Amen. He's trying to get us to see it's already done. Because if you're thinking it's not done, you're trying to think of why what you can do to make it happen. And there's nothing there. There's nothing for us to do. So we have to believe the right way. Just believe the right way that he has already borne our sicknesses, carried our infirmities, took them away where they cannot be found anymore. Amen. They cannot be found. And if you stay in that kind of mentality, stay in that that kind of understanding of faith and things related to your faith, amen, where faith was absence, he began to preach and to teach to encourage our faith, to increase our faith. So Jesus helps everything, all of our weaknesses, he helps them. He doesn't care what it is that we may be lacking in, he has a remedy for that. Amen. If we just stay with him, we'll get the remedy. There's no such thing as your faith is is not adequate and he doesn't he just leaves you like that. He's not going to leave you like that because he's the finisher of your faith. He has to be there to help you to show you what you need to do to make it so that you can receive what he has for you. Amen. So he looked for for faith all the time. Amen. And he forgave sin. Amen. He looked for faith and forgave sin. So you got to remember that when you start trying to figure out what's wrong. I don't have it yet. Nothing's wrong. Your thinking's wrong. Get over into the right mindset and you'll be okay. Amen. You ever notice how you don't ever stay there? Something happens to snap you out of that. We need to pay more attention to the what happened to snap us out things. Huh? If you need help, go to the altar and ask for prayer. Amen. We ain't in no contest to see who knows the most. We all down here doing the best we can. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) When we witness to people and and we begin to, to partner with them for the things of God. Amen. We are looking for faith and for a point of agreement. 
We're not looking for disagreement. We're not looking to rebuke people or correct people or anything like that. Look for a place of agreement with someone so to get their faith activated to support and strengthen their faith because that's what believers do. Amen. We, we augment what each, each other has that may be lacking from time to time. Amen. And if somebody offers something to you as a remedy for it, just wait for a witness from God. If you don't get a witness from God, just, you know, okay, well, you know, that wasn't what I needed, but God has what I need somewhere. Amen. Somehow it's going to come to pass. Amen. <clears throat> so, <clears throat> amen. So faith, God looks at your faith as righteousness. Amen. Just like he did with Abraham. He He accounted his faith as righteousness. As long as God sees our faith, he moves toward us, not away from us. So every time you express your faith in God, he moves toward you with the things that you need, the things that you have faith in. Amen. So he always responds to our need. Amen. No matter. He's not overlooking your need and doing something else. He looks at your need. He's not a mean God. Amen. So when you study to show yourself approved unto him, that means you study until God says you studied enough. Now, I don't know about you, but he's never told me I've studied enough. the devil might do that he's the only one that gets you to want to get you to put your bible down amen if we rightly divide the word amen that's what god is looking for if you look at a scripture and you don't quite understand it or you're on the wrong track with it, look for God to correct that. He'll come and give you exactly what you need. He'll give you the right understanding. He'll give you the right um, uh, thinking about it. Everything, he'll, he'll straighten it up for you. He'll make it make sense to you in a great way. He'll do everything necessary in order for you to be able to rightly divide the word so that you're not off on a tangent somewhere trying to, or you're not involved in mixture. You know, some people get a part of it straight and then have something added into it because you got to a point where you didn't understand and you just had to have an answer and put something in there. Amen. You now people that they, they got to have reasons for everything. You don't need a reason for God's word. Amen. All you need to do is believe what you know and put into know, put into operation what you know. You need to have all the blanks filled in for you. Amen. So you study to show yourself approved unto God and then you're not ashamed. You know how you're expecting something it doesn't come and you feel ashamed. If you study to show yourself approved to him, that shame won't show up on you. Huh? You'll just say, hey, God, it, it'll be here the next day. Or I'm still expecting. I'm not disappointed. I'm not. You think that was my only chance? We act like sometimes today is our only chance to receive what we need from God. Huh? That's why he gives us another day. That's why his mercies are new every morning. That's why he's ever merciful. Amen. To get us to expect 
on another day, it'll come through for us. And then pretty soon, we forget about counting days. Has that ever happened to you? You forget about time? I know it scares some of you when it happens, but it will happen. Amen? Where time means nothing to you. You have to make yourself think about how long it's been. Well, anyway. <laughs> when you get to that point, it's, it's, you're, you're convinced. Amen. That's what schooling does. It convinces you that whatever it is that God's promised, it's coming. Amen. It, he won't fail you. It will come to pass. Amen. It will come to pass. Amen. And if you believed and you've received it by faith, you have a, a solid foundation for your believing. Because that word is true. What you're carrying around inside of you is truth. It's not make-believe. It's not a wish. It's not a hope. It's not a fantasy. It's there. There's something really there. Amen? Because it's substance. You can't walk away from your what you believe in God for. Huh? It'll keep talking to you. Oh. See, people who are successful understand this. You'll see people say, well, I, I, I went bankrupt three times. I lost my first three businesses. I lost this. I lost. Do they seem to feel ashamed or embarrassed to say that? No, because they're standing on the other side where success is now. See, when they preach to you from the platform of success, they can talk about past failures. Because they're, they look at that as something to overcome that they have overcome and they're on the, the, uh, success track now. You know, and people want to see that what the devil do is come by and get somebody who's jealous and get them to start complaining about them. Oh, so and so. You know, the times that they would say that when, uh, 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 Trump was running for office the first time. Well, he's been bankrupt. Well, so what? You know, I, is bankruptcy a sin? It ain't listed in the Bible as such. Amen. <laughs> Amen. But he overcame it. Uh, he's a multi-billionaire now. I don't think that bankruptcy hurt him any. Amen. You know, people, they get self They get righteous about the wrong things. You look at somebody who's overcome and made a success instead of jumping off a bridge somewhere because they lost a business. You know, that happens too. Sometimes people take it too seriously. Then people look at them and say, well, all that happened to them, they lost their business and they thought their life was over. They thought. Huh? People don't think like that wind up being successful, most of them. Amen? Your life isn't over because of a mistake. Amen? You know, people get divorced and they want to say, oh, Lord, I say, see, you know, it's something to be overcome in God. If you can find a place in God where you can get forgiven and then overcome it, then God has restored you after a mistake. Amen. These are not unpardonable sins. We take failure way too seriously. And the devil's behind this nonsense. 
There's no use in, in hanging your head and feeling bad about anything that's forgivable. Go to God and, and, and ask Him to cleanse you. Ask Him to show you the way. Get, get on the path to where there's, it's clean for you. There's no past. Amen. And just stay on that road. You can't carry around all these burdens. You're, the human soul wasn't made to carry burdens. It was made to live in the presence of God. And there's no burdens in the presence of God. I'm real sorry. There's nothing there but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Not meant to carry all that nonsense around. And any demon that comes up and wants to put you, put it on you again, you rebuke them in Jesus. No, my sins are forgiven, devil. You better go somewhere. Get the way behind me. That nonsense. Amen. So rightly dividing the word is what God wants us to do. He wants us to become knowledgeable, proficient experts in his word. Know which which word to speak to what situation. Know how to yield to the Holy Spirit to get revelation, knowledge, and understanding. Know how to do these things. Amen. So we're going to talk about some people who studied to show themselves approved unto God. Amen. So really schooling, we can say, is convincing someone through knowledge of a fact. It has to be factual in order to be schooled. Amen. A school really is a body of knowledge or a place of learning a body of knowledge. Knowledge has to come from fact. Even though uh, um, the people have, uh, in higher education, they ran out of facts, so they started working on theories. Amen. <laughs> like that's factual. Amen. So, But it used to be that schooling was based on facts, established facts. If something wasn't proven yet, it was not allowed to be taught. So schooling is convincing someone through knowledge of some fact. In 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 the case of of spiritual things, the spirit man influences your carnal man or the man of the flesh to release his hold on your life in a certain area. So when we begin to school ourselves. We enter into the arena of the good fight of faith because you've got two opposing forces here. You've got your carnal man who looks with the natural eye and processes it through the carnal mind and comes up with a solution. But then on the other hand, you have your spirit man who is made in the image of God and is generated and, and his life force is the Holy Spirit. And he is the spirit of truth. So as long as your spirit man is engaged with the Holy Spirit, truth will be fed to your spirit. Truth will be constantly fed to you. And, and allow the Holy Spirit to get your full attention so that truth will bear fruit. Don't let it always be a little nugget and a little this and a little that. Or you're not sure about it. Amen. Let that thing begin to meditate on it and let it bear fruit in you so that you can get the benefit of it. So meditation really is the key. To meditate means to mull over something, to consider it deeply. Spend some time thinking about it. 
Spend some time asking God to reveal things to you, reveal truth to you. It may take you on a surprising journey sometimes. It won't all just come to into your head. So get rid of that concept of if it doesn't come into your head, it's not God. If it doesn't come to you by a voice or something, stay in your Bible. Allow God to have people that he's positioned in your life to speak truth to you that will support what it is that he's building in you. Support your schooling to support what you know. So it means to mutter it, to chew it, and to chew with the intent of digesting it and not kicking it out. Amen. So you chew it up, not to spit it out, but to receive it. Amen. To make it a part of you. Amen. We begin to let the word become incorporated into our thinking, into our believing, and then into our actions. We'll begin to act on the word. Meditation will cause you to want to own what you think about and want you to possess it. Amen. When you think about things that you don't have, don't kick them out of your mind. Don't push them aside and say, that's not realistic, or I don't want that, or I can't have it. Amen? Or or shove it aside. Let it remain in your thinking and, and, and see if it won't become a part of you. People who who accomplish a great deal are not afraid of big thoughts. Amen? Because everything we think was a big thought at one time. Heaven was a big thought. A thought that was so far away from us. We weren't sure if we were on the right track to get there. But then one day the Lord's word came in and gave us that assurance. Amen. And it still works to give us that assurance. Now we can meditate on bringing heaven down here on earth. In this realm where we live right now. And so when we begin to study to show ourselves approved unto God, let him put the vision inside of us. Let him put that word in us that makes it worthwhile, that makes it real, that gives us understanding, that causes us to prosper, that causes us to do the things that that we want to do, that we would just dream about doing otherwise. Amen? See yourself given a, a... a birthday party or given a wedding reception for your children. You understand what I'm saying? If your kids are estranged from you, haven't spoken to you and don't want to speak to you, see yourself having a birthday party for them and planning it. Go get some decorations. Don't get no cake. You know what I'm saying. Oh, I see where we going with this. You trying to give one of them fake parties and you eat up all the cake and, huh? You can do that. Set it, set it up every year. You understand what I'm saying? I'm gonna give this party for my son who won't speak to us anymore for, you know, or I'm gonna, I'm, I'm planning a reception for all of my children. You know, one of them. You know, the, the one that you want to see get out of your hair first, the quickest. Go get the, go get the stuff. Oh, I'm telling you. Go get the stuff. Get the little runner that you put down the aisle. I'm talking about real stuff now. I ain't talking about some little go online and look at some invitations and don't ever get none. 
but get some flowers get it i mean you know artificial ones get a uh uh what do them call them wishing wells that's where the money coming in get that first you understand what i'm saying i mean but keep it on the ready act like you really gonna see this thing happen amen and don't think about leaving it in the wheel because you're gonna be alive to enjoy it right yes come in your lifetime coming soon coming soon to your life amen and start putting these things amen put these things in operation amen put them into operation amen <laughs> so we can we can build that promise line upon line amen start with what it is you desire find out what god says about it he says it's good then just hold on to it begin to meditate on it start filling in the picture you might get a picture of something way out off in the distance let it start coming into focus a little bit more and more through your meditation you know just have a enjoy yourself don't don't start meditating and then get discouraged that's the devil bringing that in you ever you ever start thinking about something and you get real interested in it and then something goes sticks a pin in it and it deflates and it goes Uh it may not be a voice that tells you anything but it's an action in your imagination that takes the life out of it and you sigh and you put it away like it doesn't belong to you. Stop letting the devil do that. Say, uh-uh, devil, that's mine. The fact that you stuck a pin in it, I'm going to blow it back up again. Amen. And tomorrow I'm going to spend 15 more minutes thinking about it. I'm going to start writing down some details. I'm going to start putting some names in. I'm going to start finding this and finding that. Amen. You know, if you got kids that are single, start writing down the wedding party, the names of the people in the wedding party. Hmm? Then don't leave anybody out. Get get all them rough people into it. You know, just send them an announcement. <laughs> send it to them online. Couldn't find your address. You know what? You know, but you know what I'm saying. You know, go overboard a little bit on it. Just to show God your faith. God, I'm believing for this. You promised me this. You promised me a seed, you know, for generations and generations. You promised my children contentment, not disappointment. Send them somebody that they're going to be content with. Amen. And send them fast. They ain't getting no younger. Amen. Amen. So, I mean, seriously, keep it moving. Keep it increasing. Amen. Keep adding to the vision. Amen. Keep adding to it. So, line upon line, add something to it every time. Add a little bit more to the picture. Amen. Amen. You have to fill in all the pieces. Amen. You can't have a a picture with some pieces missing. Amen. So you don't want to omit any of the important pieces to this faith puzzle or this faith picture that you're putting together. Amen. You can't skip anything. 
you can repeat, but you can't skip. Amen. So, so make sure that you, you get everything lined up the way God wants you to put it together and ask God to help you. God, I've got children out here and I want them to find good spouses and help me to, to put it in a place where it keeps my faith working all the time and put faith in their hearts. For the same thing, Lord, so that we can be in agreement and we can, if you find one of them getting embarrassed or shrinking back, you say, well, I'm praying for you to get married. I'm praying for you to spouse. They should be saying, right on, right on. I'm doing it too. Amen. Make sure they're in quick agreement with you and they're not look. You say, uh-uh, take that smirk off your face. We getting in faith on this. Amen. Don't rob yourself. Amen. Amen. Yeah, don't let, you know, don't get tired. You might get some tired just like you. You want to have some life in you when this person comes in your life. Don't get like that. Amen. So anyway, turn to uh, Matthew chapter eight. We're going to talk about the centurion who schooled himself into the promise that he was looking for. Now, this man was not a Christian. Not, I mean, a believer or a covenant, we call a covenant. He wasn't a Hebrew. He wasn't in covenant with God. But Jesus made himself available to anybody on the basis of faith. Faith came before the law. Just remember that. So people who came to him with faith didn't have to be in the law, in the, the, uh, Mosaic law. They, they could get what they desired strictly by believing God or putting their faith or confidence in God. Amen. So in, in eight chapter five, I think it was. See if this is the one I really want. I think it is. It says, and when Jesus was entered into Capernaum, they came, there came unto him a centurion beseeching him and saying, Lord, my servant lies at home sick of the palsy. Now this was some kind of seizure, amen, that he had grievously tormented, amen. And Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him, amen. I will come and heal him. Jesus offers what's easy for everybody first. Him coming to heal somebody, that's the easiest thing. He's not here. Nobody brought him here. Okay, I'll come to him. So Jesus notices faith in this man's voice, or he wouldn't have responded like that. Amen? So there's faith here, and this is why Jesus is able to respond. And he said, I will come and heal him. The centurion answered this way. He said, Lord, I am not worthy that you should come under my roof, but speak the word only and my servant shall be healed. And he said this. This is how he explained what he said to him, just in case nobody can understand that. Amen. He says, I'm a man under authority and I have soldiers unto me under me and I say to this man go and he goes to another come and he comes in other words people obey me exactly 
There's no variation or deviation. There's no mess up in my system. Amen. So this man is accustomed to a system that works like clockwork. He's accustomed to a no-fail system working in his life. So he's able to take that no-fail system and risk his knowledge of the no-fail system and risk his servant's life on it. That's why sometimes when we step out in faith, we feel like, we're going to die if, you know, something bad's going to happen. It's a risk thing for many of us. Why? Because we're leaving what's familiar and we're stepping out into something that's not as familiar. And it's almost like that every time we need something from God. It's it's almost like it's a brand new, you know, you feel like you're a brand new believer sometimes when you start believing God for something. Even though you've been believing him for years for certain things. It's like... It, I think it, it, it must match up with God's word that says his mercies are new every morning. You've got to have new mercy to match up with the new experience because it's almost like you don't have any kind of faith backing you up to rely on to say that I know God's going to do it because he did such and such and such and such. See, sometimes you'll come into new situations and they seem almost like This is your first time ever believing God for something. You know, it can be that way. I'm not saying it has to be, but I'm saying sometimes it is. It's like you have to go back to square one and and talk to God and say, now God, even though it's say like he's healed you several times. And here you are, you got pain, you got this, you got that, or you got symptoms that don't move, and you got a diagnosis from a doctor, whatever. You got to go to him again for counsel. For instruction, for understanding. So it's almost like a new situation to us, even though we've been doing this for a while. And so it's that this is a new thing kind of thing that comes into play with us. And we've got to address that and then find a confidence in God that, yeah, God did this before. This is nothing new. This is nothing different. It's a, a way you counsel yourself in your own mind to expect that God will do this for you. So so the centurion has kind of schooled himself into understanding from his understanding of authority in his own life. You know, sometimes your your past experiences, even in the natural, are kind of a gift to you. Because then your carnal mind can kind of relax and quit fighting your spirit, man. You know, it like it's like a putting a binky in your carnal man's mouth. You know, he'll sit there and go, I think I can understand this. I think I can go along with it. You understand what I'm saying? You put a little pacifier in there to stop him up. Because he wants to get involved in your spirit life and derail what it is that God has for you. So we have to allow the schooling to take place. That's what I want to say. Don't assume that you know it all because you've been healed before. Or you know it all because you prayed for others to be healed. Every situation is new or you would have a new mercy for you this morning. You see what I'm saying? Sometimes it's, it's a challenge to your, to your complacency. 
it can be a challenge to move you off of where you've been sitting that's been comfortable for you all this time and get you into a realm that you've never been in before. (laughs) Do you understand what I'm saying? And God will set up a scenario for you that meets all the conditions of your what your faith is saying has to happen. See, your faith is telling you things have to happen a certain way in order for this to happen for you. It just can't happen any other way. It fits into a pattern for you that makes sense to you so you can hold on to it. Does that make sense? If it doesn't make sense to you, it's going to be hard for you to hold on to. See, you can't afford to to go somewhere and somebody gives you a whole new, well, just forget about what you didn't learn so far. I hate it when people try to say stuff like that. I've heard preachers say that. You just throw that out. Why? Where'd you come from? Huh? What do we know about you? It makes you so wonderful. Huh? I ain't throwing out nothing. Huh? I'm hold. I'm trying to hold on as much as I can. Why well, I ain't into throwing out business now? I'm in the holding on business. Telling her the truth. You know, people get all excited about their little teaspoon of revelation and, and start going and spreading it everywhere, and found out they'd have messed up a whole bunch of people by telling them to get rid of what people told you already. There's nothing new under the sun. Solomon already told us that. Hmm? Like my dad used to say, same old soup just warmed over. Amen. Giving you warmed over soup and you think you got hot revelation. I wouldn't want something nobody else has. You understand? Not as far as the word is concerned. Now, it might be new to many people for a season. You understand what I'm saying? Sometimes God will give you breakthrough learning, but you can look down through church history and see somebody done done this before. You understand what I'm saying? They have done this before. And so sometimes God is just reviving a hidden truth. And the devil hides a lot of stuff from the church. You know, we have to hold on to what, what we have is good and what's of God. So, so this, this, um, centurion, put himself in school he observed jesus he heard about him he started to meditate on this man is doing something to get these people healed now this servant of mine is too sick to be moved amen or maybe concern for his dignity kept the master from moving him you don't know what it was sometimes it is that God will come to people if if they might be too. And see, embarrassment will keep you from humbling yourself and standing up and getting your healing when you need your healing. Amen. There are some people that, that have looked all kind of crazy ways, you know, trying to obey what they felt was the leading of the Holy Spirit to receive their healing. Amen. Um, who was it? Vicki Winan. She was sick for a long time. And... uh she said people tell her run around the church. She ran around the church in her house shoes, you know, coming off. But God healed her. See, she did all of those things. People who, who were, were uh, confined to wheelchairs. 
I done fell over so many times. People get on and flop, been flopped and mopped all over the place, you know, and finally just gave up and stayed at home. You understand what I'm saying? Until God talked them out one last time and healed them. See what I'm saying? And so, but all that things work, all that works together for our good. See, it's never to no avail. It, God sees your heart and he sees you trying. He sees you responding to the desire to be well. And he will always honor that. Amen. So here the centurion's meditating. He schools himself into faith through his meditation. And he tells what it is. He tells Jesus how he came upon this answer. And I believe he tells this to Jesus to get Jesus to confirm what he thinks is the way to faith or the way to health and healing. And so many times we will be thinking things out or or reciting things to ourselves. When you confess the word, you're saying it out loud. To, to test to see if you get a witness from the Holy Ghost that you're on the right track. See? You want that witness from Him that, that you're on the right road. That this is going to result in healing. This is going to result in, in many people getting well. Amen? Whether you believe it or not. You need to believe for many people getting well. As a result of your prayers. Not somebody else out there. You praying for somebody else to heal a lot of people, but you. What's wrong with your hands? Huh? Nothing except you don't use them often enough. You plant more seeds, you get more harvest. Huh? It's just true. Absolutely true. Praise God. So, the 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 centurion his his soul was converted to totally believe in what he felt Jesus could do he felt it until he thought it through amen and so he felt number 1 he felt responsible for this servant miracles don't come because you're casually involved in something you know, like maybe, maybe it'll happen, maybe it won't. You've got to be invested some way in, in this miracle. So because this man was valuable to him, amen, he served him. Everybody under him was valuable to him, amen, because they served him. So here was a relationship that was broken because of this man's sickness. So because he was invested in him, he began to think it through a little bit more. You know how sometimes an idea can come to you kind of whimsical. Oh, if that could happen, that would be wonderful. You don't get people healed like that. It has to be something where you are invested in it. Well, the word says, I'm supposed to be praying for the sick and allowing God to heal them. Amen. So you invest yourself there. Don't put yourself off on the side like it's for somebody else and not you. It's for you. Amen. Get yourself invested so that these things will will come as a matter of 
you're being responsible to God to make sure that you do your part in this work. You have a part in the ministry of Jesus. All people who call themselves Christians do. You call yourself a believer, get to getting. Get to school. Start schooling yourself on healing. Amen. Start schooling yourself on how to pray for the sick. Start schooling yourself on these situations where you see people got the goods. So find out what this centurion was really thinking when he said, speak the word only. Hmm. That means that if Jesus is not here. If I can say his word with the same spirit that he used, this person will be healed. God will heal this person. See what I'm saying? It's the word that heals. The Bible even says he sent his word and healed him. Who did he send it through? You and me. He sent it out in the sky somewhere. That word comes through a vessel. Huh? That's our job to speak the word of healing to somebody. And God heal them. Amen. I don't care if you got to do it over the phone, you chicken. Scared to touch people. Well, you know, I got to put my mask on because we got the pandemic. We ain't got nothing. That's going to stop the Holy Ghost. Only thing that's going to stop him is me and you. Huh? Well, suppose they don't get healed. You'll never know until you stick your little paws out there. And don't try to make a whole lot of noise. Loud, don't get it. Huh? Just ask people, you mind if I pray for you? God wants to heal you. Oh, I never thought of that. Well, (laughs) he wants to heal you, right? You believe it for you, you can believe it for somebody else. He wants to heal everybody. It's up to us to get after it. Amen. So that's why we have this, our school, it's the school of ministry. That means you're learning something. God expects you to do something. Start with your cat. Everybody got a cat or a dog? I know they run from you, but catch them anyway. They cough up too many fur balls, start praying for them, laying hands on them or whatever. You understand what I'm saying? <laughs> Amen. So, so this is how you start. You start with, like he did, somebody under his authority. See, the servant was under his authority. That makes a, a difference sometimes. Now, if you're an intercessor and, and you're comfortable with prayer, like you all are, then you can pray for anybody. Then expect God to heal them because that's part of your assignment here. Amen. And so, and that's really how your faith starts is through the words that you speak to intercede for other people. And then somebody will call in with a praise report and say, so-and-so, well, they're cancer free now. And you think, I prayed for that person. Uh, Yeah, that's what you're here for. Amen. And that's how you're encouraged. That's how the faith comes into you as somebody who's a minister. Amen. And so Jesus wants us to understand our responsibility. Your responsibility is to school yourself, is to get yourself in faith school, in health school, in healing school. Amen. So humbling yourself, going to school is an act of humility. 
that lets you know you don't know it all. Amen. Now, I hate to tell you, but that is not the majority of believers. Most believers start praying in tongues and think they know everything. Y'all know it's the truth, man. You need to, we don't, people don't do that with any other discipline other than spiritual things. If it comes to being a doctor, you respect that you go to, you got medical school, lawyer, nurse, whatever, amen. Any kind of practitioner, you go to school for that. Well, we're practitioners. We'll lay hands on the sick and they shall recover out of school and don't ever get out of school. Amen. Doctors used to think medical school was the end of it. And then they started finding out that that knowledge started to increase over the years. You had to go back and learn some more. Amen. Don't be putting leeches on people when they got new treatments. You know what I'm saying? Take them them little bugs out that jar and take them some, someplace else. Amen. And so this man taught himself about healing by what he knew about his occupation. Sometimes it's just that easy. God will make it so easy for us to understand healing. He'll just take you aside. If you'll meditate and you'll school yourself, he'll take you aside and break it down to you in such a way that you'll understand it perfectly. And operate at that level that you know, and then he will add something else. You'll find somebody, God, I, I, I don't know why it's taking so long. I mean, what is it about this person that's different? Other people I've prayed for, you know, no problem. And he'll begin to school you into deeper things. Amen. You can always increase your knowledge and increase your understanding. So this man taught himself what he knew by what he knew of authority. He was over his servant and responsible for him. Amen. And so mercy is what takes over in the heart of the minister in order to affect a healing and a cure. If this, this centurion, the fact that he wants his servant healed says a lot about his heart. Amen. Cause he could probably go get another servant. You know, this guy's too sick to function. Find me somebody who's well, but he's heard about Jesus. And he's heard about him in an, uh, a place where faith is rare. And this is why it got Jesus' attention to the degree that it did. So we will pick up there tomorrow. Amen? Amen. Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you for understanding. Thank you, Lord, for the things that you're giving us to know, to school ourselves into faith, to school ourselves into health to school ourselves into healing and to be prosperous in all things. So, Father, we thank you that we <clears throat> you have removed all fear and all doubt from us and from our atmosphere. You've made it easy for us to believe in the impossible. And we thank you, Lord, that it's only you who makes the impossible totally possible. And we thank you for that. So we'll do our declaration. Repeat after me. I don't have Rona. And she don't have me. I can't get Rona. And she can't get me. And I thank you, Lord, that by your stripes, we are healed. 
Amen, amen, and amen again. It's so decreed. Amen. Praise God.